Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Sean on the sportscast tonight because Seth normally does not get the show starting correctly, but Seth is back after his one-week hiatus, and I have to say that he's probably more than happy to have missed the baseball preview. <laughs> baseball started? What? Really? Well, baseball baseball starts around the same time the tax season begins or ends. So yes, they are. There is a correlation between the two. There is also a correlation between the Final Four, which Maryland is not in this year, at Norris Syracuse, and Seth's taxis. So we're kind of in the in the same ballpark here. Welcome to the show, everybody. Seth and Sean Sports Radio on Blog Talk Radio, backsportspage.com. Sponsors us every single week. And Seth Kamen sponsors us every week as well. So here we are, April 1st, April Fool's Day. No, we're not going to put out a fool, foolish comment like we're quitting because we're not. That's just not the way that we work here. But uh, Seth is, is back after his one-week hiatus of being sick as a dog. And welcome back, sir. Glad to have you back. Glad to be back. Are you going to shut off the song or do we get to listen to the entire thing? I did shut off the song. The song's off. Oh, I can no, hear it no, in the background. All right, it's off now. I thought I had turned it off. Yeah, you, now, admittedly, you run, the, you run the switchboard much better than I do. Maybe it's your future calling, my friend. Maybe this, well, maybe, I'm playing bet. Maybe you should have the Botte Isles old producer job. It's serious. Well, I'm playing bag toss right now, so I think this is my future calling, actually. Right in the hole. Anyway. That, that's what she said. What is bag toss? <laughs> Cornhole, bag toss. You never gotcha. played this game? Serious? Yeah, I played cornhole. I just never heard it called bag toss before. Right in the hole. Again, I, I'm pretty good at, at what I lack in my social life, I make up for in, in cornhole. Um, well, I, think that should be, I think that should be your match. That should be your match.com profile comment. That's awful. That's, oh, dude, that's awful. That's like beyond well, it's not like, your, it's anyway. not like anything else you've come up with has been successful. That, that's, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, married man of two kids. I appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what you tune into every week, right? To hear us belabor the fact that I am single without kids, while Seth has two kids, a wife, a new house on the way, and he's busy up to his eyeballs in tax season. While I am Woo-hoo! enjoying 70... 71 degree sunny weather here in Atlanta. I think I'm all right today. I really do. Well, I, I haven't. Let's be fair. The last couple of years, I haven't really done much with your with your social life because, well, let's be fair. There hasn't been much. To, there hasn't been much to talk about. So, with new new things I can make fun of. I missed it. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. 
I'll go, I'll go with that. And hopefully sooner rather than later, you will have the opportunity to meet somebody that I have, will be dating at some point. But who knows when I, that will I, be. Hopefully. So anyway, let's get back to the reason that we have this show. Let's get back to the And it's not to explore my social life. Rather, it is to explore the world of sports. Okay. Wait, wait. We started this show when you, too, were single, my friend. So it was not just exploring my social life. It was exploring our social life. That is is absolutely true. And how how often did we make fun of each other about our our dating lives? Ah, very often. That's true. Fair enough. Me more than you because, well, you took it more seriously than I did. But this is true. Anyway, is true. if we can find a poor so, girl for Sean, for the love of God, please call seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six. Yeah, and preferably around the zip code three zero three one nine, because that's where I'm living now. Um. So anyway, yesterday we saw the end of the Duke. If you want to call it a dynasty, you can, but certainly the. The Duke. How do you call it a dynasty? Oh, look. There's, okay, how about we say the end of the Duke Heights? Is that better? Heights is probably a better word rather than dynasty. Definitely the end yeah. of the Duke Heights. And Seth, you and I were talking about this this morning, and you were not impressed by Duke, but particularly by something I never would have thought I would hear out of your mouth. I have. No idea what kind of offense Shashevsky was running. I don't. I mean, it seems it just it seems incredibly disorganized. Did we lose Seth? I think we might have lost Seth because he was in the middle of a sentence, and now he's gone. So I'm looking to make sure he's still on. It says he's still on. Seth, are you still on? Seth, are you still there? Well, we lost Seth somehow. I know what Seth was getting at, and that, oh, he's going to call back in. So, Seth was getting at the fact that Krzyzewski wasn't running an offense worth a damn at all. He was letting the three players, Reddish, Trey Jones, and Zion run Wild. Wait, we got him back. Well, that was interesting. Yeah. Hello again, Seth. Hey. No, I mean, you know, Barrett, who just, just seemingly just, I mean, for a guy who was so clutch as a high school player, you know, led Canada to the upset over the U.S. in the high, in the, I, I don't remember the, which, was it the high, the world championship games or whatever they're called. None of these guys, other than Zion, you know, really, I would. I, it just it boggles my mind. There seems to be so little designed actually for Zion, who is you know the best player, obviously the best player in college basketball this year, probably the best of the last several years, going back to Anthony Davis in twenty was it twenty twelve? I'm sure there may be one or two in the last couple of years I'm missing off the top of my head, but this is a team that didn't seem to have much of an offensive plan, had no depth. Couldn't shoot really – was surprisingly lax on three-pointers and was lucky to get out of the second round, was lucky to get rid, out of the Sweet 16. 
And their luck ran out against a good, not great, Michigan State team. But a team that's, that's led by veterans, Cassius Winston, Kenny Goins, uh, Goins who had the three-pointer to win it. Um, Nick Ward, who's been there, he's like Jeff Settles. He's been there for 26 years. You know, these are, I mean, similar to last year where Duke, you know, went out, a very young team went out in, in the final eight. This is this one and done has not been conducive to, to Duke the last couple of years. Not since the Okafor well, team in 15. Well, Seth, let me let me put this out there. Aside from the random Kentucky team and the random Duke team, and even Duke one and duns, there weren't a whole lot of them. Is it is it befitting? Befitting is probably the wrong word. The college champions of the last ten years have not been these one and done players. So you can make the case that while they are better pros going one and done. It's not, you've made the case many times that it's not better for college basketball, but you don't see these one-and-done teams really winning anymore. The, the no. senior-laden teams are the ones that are, as someone pointed out to me at the gym the other day, they've played together for so long that they know each other much better, and they're, they may not be as athletically gifted as a Zion or Reddish or Barrett. But they play a better game, and thus they are better at the team game, which overcomes eventually talent. You, you can make the case that talent overcomes everything, but that's not true in the college game. I, I just don't see it that way. Well, no, I mean, look at some of the teams that have made the championships over the last 10 years. Do you think a Butler team would have won back-to-back title games in an era where people stayed? Loyola of Chicago last year. Um, it's now what's different is you look at the teams that have won over the last 10 years, and I'm kind of doing this off the top of my head. This isn't something we really talked about. The Okafor team that won in 2015 was not the better, it was not the best team. That was the Grayson Allen game. That was a team that Wisconsin should have won, but Wisconsin had beat and knocked out, uh, what do you call it? And knocked out an undefeated Kentucky team. And we're just exhausted, to be perfectly honest, from the night before. The, Duke, the Kentucky 2012 team with Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd Gilchrist was the best team. Um, but most of these one-and-done teams have not been – they haven't – they're not built. They don't – as you said, they don't have the cohesiveness. And, I mean, look, Duke has been is phenomenal. Zion is unbelievable to watch. I think, Like, he reminds me of Barkley. He really does, both in build, a little bit quieter demeanor-wise. But that team is – I think I saw a stat that in the last three minutes of games this year, they were – for games that were tied or they were losing, they were 0 for 12 from the floor. And the funny thing is, if Reddish hits – if a Reddish, excuse me, if, um, you know, if, if Barrett hits the first free throw and they go in overtime and win this game – well, you know, this discussion doesn't happen because Duke's because Coach K is a genius and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, we talked about well, this this morning, you and I. Yeah, we talked about this this morning, you and I offline, in that the one thing that I see out of the winners of these games, and I haven't done a study on this by any stretch, but I'd like to see one, is that foul shots are what rules the game. And 
one-and-done players generally don't shoot foul shots as well as, say, fourth-year seniors. And for whatever reason, they just don't. They don't. One-and-done players are generally the more athletically gifted players that may get to the line more, but they don't shoot free throws as well. They're called free throws for a reason. If you watched Auburn yesterday, which another entertaining game, and certainly a game that was so much fun to watch, and uh, they they have become, due to the injury, the Cinderella team of the Final Four, if there can be one. They hit their free throws, and they won the game. And I can't remember, Seth, you would know this better than me, the senior that closed that game out. Um, Bryce, the announcer, Bryce Brown? No, Bryce Brown wasn't on the court at the time. There, there was another guard, the small point guard. Um, Harper? The announcer. I'm sorry? Harper? Harper. Yeah. Harper. So Harper gets to the free throw line, and those that were not watching the game live on CBS, the announcer, who I, again, I was not listening as much as I was watching, but he did say something very poignant. He goes, he's standing out there like he's going to hit these. He's not questioning it. He's got a smooth stroke. He's going to hit the free throws. And he knocked down two without even blinking an eye. And there was not even a doubt in his mind that he was going to hit both of those, and he did. And then he did it again to win the game. And to put the game away, not to win the game, excuse me. But Auburn seems to have a little cachet to them where they might be able to take Virginia in the, in in their bracket. So we have oh, four, I think they will. four seeds. Yeah, we have four seeds left. So we have Virginia against Auburn, which is as much a night and day scenario as you can hope for, where Auburn, all they want to do is run. And all Virginia wants to do is walk down the court. And then you have Texas, then you have Texas Tech and Michigan State. And I know less about Texas Tech and Michigan State than Seth does. I did watch Auburn and Virginia this weekend, and Auburn's just playing a better form of basketball. Virginia is always the bridesmaid and never a bride. They did make it into the Final Four for the first time since 1985. But I think they come up short, much like you do, against Auburn, even without a BK. Virginia hasn't looked good. I mean, let's call it what it is. They barely beat a decent Oregon team. They were extraordinarily lucky, extraordinarily lucky to beat a Purdue, a good, a phenomenal performance by Carson Edwards. They had one guy who scored in double digits in this game, and it went to overtime. Now, Edwards was hitting shots beyond belief, but I don't think Virginia has looked very good. Auburn looked as good as any team in the tournament against North Carolina. When you beat Kansas, North Carolina, and Kentucky in secession, you know, like Bruce Pearl or not, credit is deserved. Now, the problem with Akili being out, it's an issue. I don't, the rebounding will be a problem. That being said, I don't like the I don't think Virginia plays. I don't think it's a good matchup for them in general. And I don't think Virginia's been playing very well. So, I like Auburn. Well, whenever you lose your best player, and that's what Akiba was, 
you're always going to have a little bit of a difficulty making up for it. But yesterday it seemed like Auburn was able to do that by, again, just, just well, obviously Seth is not fully recovered, um, just running faster. And I, as I said before, I believe that this is as, as typical a night and day scenario of different styles of basketball as you could possibly find in the NCAA. And you're right. We, I don't believe enough people give Bruce Pearl the credit that he deserves. And Bruce Pearl went through a whole lot to get to where he is right now, considering where he started from, t- Tennessee and then getting fired. He's gone through the motions and, once again, proving he is a preeminent coach in the NCAA. And I don't think anybody thought of Auburn that way, certainly before the tournament. Uh, to be fair, Auburn kind of underachieved. Auburn was a preseason top 15 to 20 team. They, they've been underachieved during the regular season for whatever reason. And then looked excellent in the FTC champions, the FTC tournament, you know, blowing out, you know, my – my pick is the runner-up for the national championship, Tennessee. But often that just leads to winning an FTC, winning these kind of conference championships to me means bupkis, and often leads to overconfidence. Remember, Auburn was a shot away from losing in the first round to New Mexico State, and then won, you know, game, won very, you know, won right. again in overtime. It's been an interesting tournament for them, and look, Pearl is it would be funny that you haven't seen Auburn relevant in anything other than the Cam Newton season uh, 10 years ago, eight years ago, whatever it was. No one really saw basketball as the pick-me-up that Auburn was looking for. I'm pretty sure of that fact. So let's talk about the other Final Four. So we have Michigan State, who who just won. Well, both teams just won, excuse me. That, that Who won the bigger of the games against Duke facing off against Texas Tech. And I know that in our conversations, you belabor the point or bemoan the point that you failed to pick Texas Tech in this game. And I know that you had thought for a while that Texas Tech was going to make a run. What do you see out of Texas Tech, and can they beat Michigan State? I mean, they can, obviously, but will they? I think so. I hate, I didn't understand the thought process how Michigan was getting a break to get was getting a break in with their two seed versus Michigan State getting it made absolutely no sense to me because yes Duke is the no, Duke is the number one team in the country fine Gonzaga was the number two and Gonzaga already beat Duke during the year so it's not a huge differentiation Texas Tech is the three I thought was a much scarier team than LSU. I thought Florida State at the four was, and I'm, I'm forgetting off the top of my head who Duke's, who the four seed was, it, again, was with Duke. I forget who it is. Um, I thought Michigan had a much tougher run than Michigan State did to the final eight. And then the final eight, it's a 50-50 toss-up anyway. What Texas Tech did to Michigan was unbelievable. Think how Coach John Bayline is, even though he's never won a title. You know, like, you can't really make that as the only reason someone is a good or not good coach. He's taken under-talented teams to two national championship games. He did well with West Virginia. That team lost by 30 to Texas Tech. Texas Tech plays defense unlike 
almost any team I've seen. They have one lottery pick in Jared Culver. I, I just didn't like them against Gonzaga because I thought Gonzaga was the best team in the country. And I thought Gonzaga was going to win the national championship. There's nothing for me to belabor or to bemoan. I would have had Texas Tech as a Final Four team in another region. They weren't there. Um, I've watched a lot of Michigan State this year. I, I, I don't I, I don't know. I think it's going to be one of those 62-58 kind of games. I think it'll be tight. I like Texas. I think Texas Tech's defense outwills Cassius Winston's intangibles at the end of the game. And I think you're looking at one of the strangest finals in, ever in Texas Tech Auburn. Oh, I don't think that's one of the strangest. I think that actually is the strangest. I think it may be the least watched game in NCAA history. I mean, you have a you have a Texas. I mean, you have a major market with Lubbock. No, you have a major market with Birmingham, Alabama. No, I mean. I, I believe, Seth, you would probably watch that game because I think the intrigue would be there. But as far as the nation watching that game... No, look, it's CBS a terrible draw. CBS lost yesterday because Duke lost. Now they're just hoping that Michigan State wins because there, that's CBS the next CBS wants Michigan State, Virginia. Yeah, CBS wants right. Michigan State, Virginia. Which, I mean, you have the Tony Bennett redemption story. You have, and you have Izzo going for his second champ, going for a second championship. And I mean, he's already an all-time great because they've been to the Final Four so many times. I don't think you can, you can solely use, as I said before, a national champion, you know, national championships as a barometer of greatness of a coach. I think Bill Snyder is one of the ten best college football coaches of all time, and he never played in a national champion, never coached in a national championship game, nor did he ever win one, obviously. So I mean. It's to me that the sexier game is Michigan State Virginia. The more fun game would probably be Michigan State Auburn. I think these are two really. I mean, I think these are real toss-ups. I really do. Um, and I, I just like the way Texas Tech is playing better than I like the way Michigan State is playing. I think Duke blew that game. And all credit to Michigan State, especially without Langford, to win. I I thought with him out, I thought that team was done. Um, and I don't think I think Virginia's had the benefit of really a relatively simple draw. And to eat your way past a good but not great Purdue team in overtime doesn't exactly instill a great deal of confidence in me going forward for the national title game or for the Final Four for that. Okay, let's play the true or false game for a second because I got a couple of questions for you. True or false, Chris Beard will be retained and st- and be coaching in Lubbock, Texas next October. True. Um, he doesn't strike me as the guy. I don't think he's the kind of name that UCLA wants. I don't. And I don't think he's going to take a lateral move. 
So there's not that much. I don't think there's going to be that much open. And I think he's pretty, he strikes me having listened to him. He really kind of strikes me as, as a small town college guy. So I think he stays. True or false, Bruce Pearl is coaching in Auburn next year. True. Um, he's not leaving. That team gave him a shot after he pretty much was on the on the you know, un, untouchable list. I would be shocked if he was gone next year. <clears throat> True or false, John Calipari is in Kentucky next year. True. He just got offered a lifetime contract. He's going nowhere. Okay. Then who is UCLA's coach? Give me some choices here. I think they go hard after Jay Ru- after Jamie Dixon. I think I think they put a feeler out, and although it'll never happen. They put a, they've already put a feeler out to Calipari. I think they're going to put a feeler out to Jay Wright. Although, I, if I'm Jay Wright, if I leave that job, I'm insane. I think UCLA overestimates the job at this point. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be Luke Walton. I think that probably makes sense makes sense. There's no way he's going to have a job in two weeks. And unless he's adamant about staying in staying in the NBA, you know, coaching at UCLA, he would do very well based on his personality and intelligence. He would do very well at UCLA, I think. Well, that's obviously the, the first thing, right? If he is going to be fired from the Lakers. And all indications I don't think, I don't think that's, I don't think that's an if. Yeah. Okay. I, I I would agree with you. Uh, the shutting down LeBron certainly doesn't help his his aspirations coming from this year. And look, he was in a no win situation as far as I'm concerned. He he doesn't deserve what he got. Uh, he was he was given a short stick, and now you're going to see. Maybe a return to college, maybe not. He, he played it at, at Arizona. I think a lot depends on whether Sean Miller is retained at Arizona after all the allegations come out. But we've been saying that now for, what, two years? Whether a year. Yeah, any a, year of these, a year. Whether any of these allegations are going to prove truthful. And, um, I, yeah. The, the, the big name that I really kind of wonder if he's thinking about going pro though. I wonder if Bill Self wants to leave. I have a that is my gut. Is if there's a big name who's going to leave, it's going to be Self. I think Kansas is going to have some, I think Kansas may, you know, we talked about Sean Miller with the problem. I think Kansas may have some problems as well. I think that's going to be the team that comes out of nowhere with issues. And I wonder if Self wants to get in front of that. I, I just a gut feeling. Nothing more than that. Well, Kansas has had stability in that program for the last 30 years with Roy Williams first and then Bill Self. Somebody coming from the outside to 
I mean, you can make the claim that maybe Danny Manning's there, but Manning has not no. a great career. Manning, with George. Manning, well, Manning would be fired at Wake Forest if they didn't have to pay him $16 million. He's not going to get the job. Okay. Well, maybe, they, maybe they go after my boy. I have no idea who your boy is. Turgeon. Yeah, it's true. An ex-assistant in Kansas. You know, it was a question that was brought to my attention a couple of weeks ago. Who replaces Krzyzewski when he goes? Has Johnny Dawkins done enough with UCF to make a – I mean, he didn't have a horrible career at Stanford, but certainly was not a a highlight of – he did get fired, not a highlight of his career. Has he done enough to make up at UCF to take control of that that team when – if and when – well, it won't be if. At some point, Krzyzewski's going to have to retire. Is it him or is it Capel or is it Collins or is it Wojo? And, again, we've talked about this numerous times with regards to Jim Beheim, or at least I have, in that you don't want to be the guy after the guy, right? You don't want to be the guy that replaces right. the legend. You want to be the guy after the well, guy after the guy. We saw this, and we're seeing it at the University of Tennessee. Holly Warwick, who replaced Pat Summit, Pat Summit, one of the two greatest women, female coaches of all, women's coaches of all time, in 2012, and she got—I believe she got fired last week. Ex-player had a good. Yeah, I mean, she's—it's an extraordinarily difficult job to replace, and my gut would be they would go with Cable. Um. He's been one of the coaches. It's the dream job. He's assisted there twice. He's been successful as a coach in Oklahoma, taking Blake, Blake Griffith team to the final eight. He's doing a nice job in Pittsburgh. Um, I think I think it's completely up in the air. I also don't think Shashevsky's retiring for another five years. So, you know, if you see Chris Collins or Will Joe, and also, I don't, as you said, I don't know who wants that job. Because you can't follow that. He is the greatest college coach, most likely, one of the two greatest college men's coaches of all time. How do you follow that up? Look, I don't, I don't have an answer for you. I, I was asked this by a Duke alum. He wanted my take on it. At the time, I said it was Capel. Uh, I did not say it was Dawkins. I don't think uh, – I, I think the shine on Daw- – first of all, I think Dawkins is too old. But then again, Dawkins could remind you very much of a Bill Guthridge, just a guy yeah. that, that is just ho- that is holding the spot for the next guy. And if you're going to be the guy after the guy and the guy that is basically set up to fail because – Unless you're putting up Mike Krzyzewski numbers as a Duke coach, you're a failure in the eyes of the Duke fandom. Much the same way as you would be if you replaced Jim Beheim. I am not suggesting that this is any different than Jim Beheim. In fact, I think it's pretty much the same. So are you setting Dawkins up to be that guy to fail and then have Capel come in on the white horse, much the same way as Guthridge and then I think it was Matt Doherty? at North Carolina. And even Darty didn't right. get well, a full shake. 
no, Doherty's career was pretty much destroyed when he went to Carolina. Um, I don't, I don't think there's an answer for Dukes. I don't. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Because by the time you retire, Nate James will be a head coach somewhere. John Shire will probably be a head coach somewhere. So you're going to have seven or eight guys in the tree. And I don't think you – yes, Colin uh, Dawkins is, is obviously the oldest because he – you know, his his playing career ended in 80, you know in college in 86 when they lost to Louisville in the national title game. You know, but he started coaching in around 2000, give or take. I – Guthridge was a was a long term assistant who actually took if you remember he took Carolina to two final fours in three years. He didn't do a terrible look, job. Look, look, Seth Guthridge didn't get a fair shake at all, but no. Guthridge wasn't Dean Smith. That's the point. You have to live up, not necessarily live up to the person. You have to be the person. And Guthridge just wasn't Dean Smith, and that was the downfall. And the problem is. There wasn't a Dean Smith. There isn't going to be a Mike Krzyzewski. There isn't going to be a Tom Izzo. And there isn't going to be a, a Jim Beheim. There just aren't. So now you have to come up with the next best thing. And the unfortunate thing is, that doesn't exist. The guy after the guy, you never want to be that guy. You just don't. You're never going to win. I mean, you can put this into any sports context. The guy that replaced Casey only- Stengel was... The guy that replaced Casey Stengel was Ralph Hulk. Ralph Hulk, 1960 and 1961 Yankees. 1962 Yankees. Then with Bobby Richardson, won a, won a title. 1963 Yankees. Didn't win a title. And in 1964, he was replaced no, by the guy off. that did win the. Johnny Keene. But you're off. It was right. Yogi. You said Ralph Hulk. It was Yogi. Well, Hulk replaced, replaced Stengel. So, Bearer replaced but, Hulk. I'm sorry. So, Yeah. Because Bearer was replaced in 64, after in 64. Correct. Bearer coached sorry. against yep. Johnny Keith. I don't know which year sorry. he took over, whether it was 62 or 63. I think it was 63 because I don't think Bearer ever won a, won, a, won a World Series as a head coach, as a, as a manager. But the only real success not. you've seen for the guy who followed the guy <laughs> was Bill South, who won yep. up Roy Williams because Roy Williams never won a title at Kansas. Thanks to Akeem Warwick. Right. So, Thank you very much. But, Pat Tim. You're welcome. And, and his, uh, actually, and Tom Izzo was the guy after the guy because John, he, John Heathcote was there for 25-some-odd years. Yep. He did a perfectly fine job. But Heathcote's not really considered on the same tier. But Correct. But, yes, typically it is very difficult. You know, UCLA saw this with Gene Bartow when he replaced John Wooden. As you said, you know, Bill Guthridge, you know, he went to two Final Fours in three years, was not enough. Whoever goes to do it, it's a, it's a, it's a thankless job. I mean, you even, throw Mike, Seth, you even throw Mike Davis in there, right? So Davis went to a, yeah. went to a championship game, if, I, if I'm correct in replacing Bobby Knight, right? Indiana went to the championship game and yeah. actually lost to North Carolina, right? Sean May, is that the North Carolina? Am no. I hitting that right? Not even close. Darn it. Did I get North Carolina right at least? No. 
You're not even in the ballpark. You were in the same conference at that point. North Carolina in 2005 with Sean May beat Illinois. The D. Brown, uh, Luther Head, Darren Williams. Darn it. I knew it was a how red team. Know who, how did I know who beat Indiana? Seriously? Nope. Wow, that's just sad. It wasn't my team. Was it your team? Yes. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I forgot because it was just a mental breakdown, purposely mental yeah, block. It was, to, anyway. be, to be fair, it was one of the worst national championship games ever. But yeah, it was us. <laughs> I remember watching Sean May. I know where I was at that game. Anyway, so Lonnie Baxter and the Maryland Terrapins beat Mike Davis. So. You can even go to Indiana in the fact that you don't want to replace the guy, and he still made the, fi- he still made the final game and was fired two years later. So, yeah, replacing the guy is not a fun task in any sport. Scotty Bowman, Al Arbor in hockey, Bill, Ru- Bill Russell in basketball, Casey Jones in basketball, Paul, uh, sorry, Pat Riley with Kurt Rambis. You don't want to replace the guy. Not a, not a good idea. So it'll be a very interesting mix as to when you replace this, I would say, this generation of coaches. Because I'm not sure you'll ever see a generation like this again. Because I really don't think that athletic directors have the patience nor the stability to have guys that may have one or two down years. And Krzyzewski, if I'm correct, and look, you know my, you know the college, bas- college basketball a lot better than I do, his first two or three years were not successful at Duke, correct? No, he, he was hung in effigy his third year. And Tom Butters, who is the, the AD, pretty much said he's our coach. We're, you know, we're sticking with this. And in the fourth year they went, I want to say they went to the Sweet 16. And then the fifth year was the Mark Bowery, Johnny Dawkins, Jay Billis team, I believe, that went to the finals and lost, went 34-3 and and lost to Louisville uh, 72-69 in the finals. I'm, I'm, putting, I'm, I'm slapping myself on the back for that one. I thought that was pretty good. And you got, I mean, at the same point, maybe I'm, I'm missing it here, but I just, when these guys retire, and most of them are going to retire around the same time. I mean, I think Bayheim's got another three years in him until Buddy, reti- until Buddy has lo- left his eligibility by the wayside. I think Krzyzewski's probably got three to five years. I think Izzo's, pro- Izzo's a little younger, right? Than, than both Shashevsky and Beheim. Yeah. He was in his 60s, I believe. So he's probably going to another think so, 10. Yeah. Probably going to 10. Self is in his 50s or 60s as well. Definitely of a younger class. But once these guys retire, I'm, I'm interested to see the leashes that, they're, that their new guys are giving. Because I'm really not sure that they're going to be given much, if any, of a leash. And we saw that with, that, think, with Bill Guthrie and Matt Doherty. I think it depends, like everything else, it depends on the school. You know, like a school like Texas, where basketball is kind of the second tier, 
Like Shaka Smart, who was such the sexy hire four or five years ago, really hasn't done very much. Right, but I Seth, think if, those, if those it was a school, teams, we're basketball. Hold on. Hold on. But those teams that we're talking about, there are no secondary schools. Basketball is number one no. at Syracuse, right? Duke basketball is number one. Michigan State, you can make the case that football may be in that conversation. No. But I don't, I don't no. think it's fair. No, what I'm saying is it will be interesting at the big schools, at the big basketball schools. I at the secondary basketball schools where football is either even or above, there's always going to be a lot more leeway. Yeah. But they'll have more time. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. See, we can talk college basketball on this show, and, and I know a little bit about it, although I just went the wrong way on the highway in Atlanta again for about the 75th time this week. Uh, I'm still nowhere close to understanding this town at all. So, Seth, I was not able to get your – since you were not on the show last week, I will tell you my baseball predictions very quickly, and then hopefully you can give us yours. So I have okay. the, the three, the three uh, playoff teams uh, in the National League. Sorry, the, the winner of the National League, again, I will pick for like the 75th straight time, is the Nationals. <laughs> and both, both Braves – right, exactly. I do this every year. I said it last week. I believe this is the fourth straight year I'm picking them to go to the World Series. And um, I have both the Braves and the Mets going to the going to the playoffs, both wild card teams. The Phillies uh, sh- uh, a little bit behind. In the in the Central, I have the Cubs uh, with Milwaukee as second, and then uh, the Cardinals as third. I don't really have a whole lot of confidence in the Cardinals this year. Um, and then in the West, I think the Dodgers could lose Clayton Kershaw until August and still win that division handily. Um, and nobody else is going to come close. And then in the American League, well, I have similar to the National League, I actually have the both wild cards coming out of the East with the Red Sox winning the division and the Yankees and the, um, the Devil Ra- the Rays, Devil Rays, the Rays in the playoffs. And then the Central Division, I have the Cleveland Indians, who, much like the Dodgers, could lose one of their major cogs for half the season and be fine. And then in the West, I have the Astros. And I have the Astros versus the Nationals in the World Series with the Nationals winning. Okay. Um, no, No massive arguments with it. Uh, I agree, Houston in the West. I'll start the American League. Houston, I agree with. Cleveland can sweep through the league. Through the league. Um, I have the Yankees winning the division over Boston. Boston and Tampa agreed uh, on the on the what do you call it? Are the wild card? I have Houston over the Yankees um, in the ALCS. National League. Did you say you had the Phillies fourth? Was that correct? Yeah, that- the Phillies fourth. Yes, yeah, the Phillies okay. fourth. So. I will go with I'll go with Washington, Atlanta, Philly, the Mets. I have Philly over the Mets. Um, Washington, <laughs> excuse me. Um, in Atlanta, go, Washington goes. Atlanta's the wild card. 
I have Pitt, I have Milwaukee, Chicago, St. Louis. Chicago is the wild card, and the other Dodgers can sleep through the year. Um, in the in the NLCS, I will take the Cubs over the Dodgers, and I will take Houston over the Cubs in the series. Wait, so you have the you don't have the Phillies in the playoffs, correct? No. Okay. And who is your my MVPs on both sides? I had Juan Soto in the uh, in the National League, and in the American League, who do I have in the American League? Him, Mookie Betts. Oh, I had Mike Trout because you can't pick against Mike Trout until you can pick against Mike Trout. So Mike Trout and Juan Soto, Cy Young Award winners. If I am correcting what I said, which I don't believe I am. Oh, I think I picked Scherzer in the National League. And in the American League, I picked Trevor Bauer. And Rookies of the Year was Jay Paddock in the National League. In the National League. And in the American League. I don't know who I picked in the American League. <laughs> Go for yours, and then I'll figure it out. Because I, I don't for the life. I think I picked two two National League guys and Victor Robles and Jay Paddock, but that doesn't make any sense. So go on your merry way and I'll figure it out. All right. No. Uh, American League MVP, I agree with you. I'm just taking Trout until there's a reason not to take Trout. Um, National League MVP, I kind of like the Soto pick, but I don't really want to copy you on it. Um, Thank you. I'll take, I'll take Chris Bryant. Um, Cy Young, I'll take Garrett Cole. And I like the pick. I'll t- and I, like I will take – I don't really want to take Scherzer or DeGrom. So – Well, you can't. Oh, right. Okay. Why can't I? Now, I keep forgetting. You know, every single year, and I said this last week on the show – I keep forgetting that Houston is in the American League. Houston's in the American League. Every year. Yeah. It kills me that they are in the American League, quite frankly, because I remember them as a National League team, and I continue to want to remember them as a National League team. And, by the way, I just went in one complete circle in Atlanta to try and get back to where I was. So, (laughs) one complete – I am back making the right turn, which I just made five minutes ago when I got lost. So there you go. I'm going to go with Scherzer. I'll go with Scherzer in the. I'll go with Scherzer as well. Uh, rookies, I'll go with. I'll go with Tatis in the National. And even though he's not up yet, I'll go with Guerrero in the in the, uh, oh, I, in the American wait. League. I had, I think I had said Vlad because there was nobody else that remotely considers has consideration to me. And the fact that I have him on my fantasy league team means I'll just follow him a little bit more. So, to update all of you last week, uh, I went on a pretty vile, uh, vile soliloquy towards the. Well, the whole show was a soliloquy because Seth wasn't around, but a vile rant on Betty, Betsy DeVos uh, for cutting the budget of the Special Olympics, uh, the sixteen million dollars from the from the education budget. Uh, just as an update, in case you do not follow politics, which I generally do not until last week, in the fact that President Trump uh, said that that money will not be taken out, that that money will be reinstated, and that the $16 million will go towards the Special Olympics as 
it has in the past. So I think that that was pretty necessary to uh, to bring forth as information to you, and uh, happy to do that. So, Seth, I'm sorry that your New Jersey Devils did not make the playoffs this year, but guess who did? The team, guess who did? The team from Brooklyn, Uniondale. Where are you guys, Queens? Where are you guys now? I get oh, you mean the team? Where, where? Oh, you mean the you mean the team that was picked twenty sixth, twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and twenty seventh in four major publications, and only and only one out of sixteen ESPN writers had them in the playoffs. Yeah, that team. The New York Congratulations. Islanders. You can call. Congratulations, man. I'm very happy for you. And hope wish you and Nuremberg and Latucci and all these guys who love the Islanders all the enjoyment in the world as you as you play. Who are they playing? They playing Toronto? They're not playing Toronto. Who are they playing? Well, they're playing. They're playing Toronto tonight in the Tavares game two, and right now they would play Pittsburgh in the first round. So, but they'd have right exactly. That's not the team I want to I'm play. But yeah, well. You know what? If you're going to play a team, you might as well play the team that can. You you might have a chance, and Pittsburgh's not that team. But anyway, we'll take it because you know what? It's the first time that we've made the playoffs in a couple of years. The first time we've clinched at home since 2003, which is insane. And the last time that the Islanders clinched at home, their best player Matt Barzell was three years old. So it just gives you a little indication as to how windy a road this NHL playoffs will be. And uh, starting next week, I'll be finding an Islander bar in Atlanta, if there is such a thing. I'm sure there's thousands of them. Well, considering that hockey has left Atlanta twice, (laughs) the Flames and the Thrashers, hockey's not exactly the most prevalent sport in this town. I know. I I went to a Thrashers. I went to a Thrashers game. So so my question to you is, most people that remember the Thrashers that are here, that I've talked to, Mm -hmm. said that the games games were actually very well attended. Is that true? Well, to be fair, the game I went to was when I went to go visit my ex-girlfriend down in Atlanta, (laughs) who brought four or five of her current male friends, including a guy she was dating, which I got had the pleasure of watching make out for, well, longer than I would like to admit. Hence my tailspin in the early 2000s. So I, I don't have the greatest recollection. <laughs> um, that was the, as Sean knows, the, here are the keys to my apartment. I'm going back to his place. Have fun tonight. We were at a hot, we were at a pressure's game. You know, the funniest part of that entire sentence that you just said was my downfall in the 2000s. <laughs> it was like the whole decade. <laughs> the downfall. Well, it, it was the beginning. So, uh, I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't have much fun at the game. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But do you remember that whether it was populated or not? That's really what I was doing, um, not necessarily whether there was people. Uh, I'll be honest. We don't really. Let's be fair. It was was in 2002. So, or 2000. No, it was in 2001. 
It was two and a half months after 9-11. Do you remember who they were playing? The fun, you're going to laugh. The funny thing I was about to say, the Winnipeg Jets. So, <laughs> obviously, I don't no, remember. No way. Yeah, that's, why I said, obviously, yeah. that's why I said, obviously, I don't remember. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, the Atlanta Thrashers became the Winnipeg Jets. So, that is why that's why I said that. Okay, uh, fair enough, fair enough. But from what I understand, minor league hockey here, hey, I finally got on the right exit this time. Minor league hockey, from what I understand, is pretty prevalent here. Uh, not sure I'm ever going to go to a minor league hockey game, but who knows? It could happen. But uh, we'll see what happens in the in next year. But, yes, the playoffs for the, for the NHL will be starting rather soon. So there was a – just switching topics to the NFL because we have a couple of minutes until our five minutes. You endorse the changes made to replay that you can challenge a flag that wasn't even thrown. I'm not enthralled with it. I I get it, but it's I find it 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 opens up a. Oh boy! Sorry, I got a cop coming here. Hold on. Um, they found Seth. They found him. He's getting pulled over, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna have to end the show because I have to call Carly. <laughs> no, I prefer you not do that. It's fine. Um, it actually pulled me into a parking spot, so it works fine. Um, uh, that works nicely. But um, I find the games are the games have become extremely slow to begin with. The idea that this, to, st- to start this is this is I don't want to say slippery slope. That's not the right way to put it. But I'm not overwhelmed. Like I understand. Look, this is reactionary to the to the game to the to the Saints Rams game of. NFC title game, I get that, but it's just going to make a game which has kind of regained a little bit of its juice, which it kind of lost, I think, last, you know, two years ago. I think it's going to make the games even slower. So I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little anxious on how this is going to play out. Because, I mean, yeah, I guess it's a safe way to put it. I, I don't. I get well, the I feeling would, it's going to become a cluster, a cluster beat. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, you, you, the thing about when you, I think the big question will be when you throw a flag on a penalty that was not called. Generally, what happens now is that when play, well, excuse me, when plays are reviewed, you can you can find another problem with that play. You could find a holding on the play. You could find a pass interference on the play. That's part of the that's part of the gamble that you take when you review a play. So now, when you're reviewing a play that doesn't have a penalty, what if you're reviewing it for a pass interference call, and all of a sudden you see an offsides call? Is that going to be called now? Because by definition, and the way that the stuff is the the instant replay has worked before. That's exactly what would happen. 
and then you're just opening up Pandora's box. Okay, Seth, we got five more minutes. Um, if you'd like to go first, please do, and I will follow suit. Um, trying to think. I, I've been, I've been, uh, I really don't have much right now. Um, I don't really have a five minute off the top of my head. <laughs> between bronchitis, between bronchitis and ninety, and working sixty-hour work weeks with bronchitis, and now eighty-hour without one, I, I don't got much. Except okay, if enough. you are looking for a single successful attorney in the Atlanta area, who needs a girlfriend <laughs> for the love of God? Seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six. You can call next week. Other than that, I got zip. Okay, so to be fair, I am I am I am working through Atlanta to begin with. So there's a whole lot going on. Not sure that a girlfriend is the right it's the right time for one just now. But look, if if you're available and you like sports and you're listening to our show and you live in the 30319 area uh, zip code, hey, more power to you. And if you could find me a job, that would be even better. But let's talk about something that happened this past week. And we, we broached upon it a little bit before, and that's Luke Walton. There is nobody in the NBA that got a bigger shaft than Luke Walton this year. None. He has been playing with fire the entire year. He didn't sign up for LeBron James. He certainly didn't sign up for the cluster belief that they brought to play with LeBron James. Because if you told me at the beginning of the year that you're going to get LeBron James – but in order to get LeBron James, you have to handle the attitudes of Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, and Michael Beasley. I'm not sure you sign up for that. And I'm sorry, JaVel McGee, too, who has somehow played good basketball this year. But his head has been in the clouds since he was drafted. And I really don't remember where he was drafted from. Seth, any help? JaVel McGee? And Michael, I'll- where was he drafted out of? I don't remember. College? Javel McGee? Yeah, okay. I did. I thought of all people you would know that. But anyway, so if you're Luke Walton, you don't sign up for this under any circumstances. And because he was given this, how do I say this? Um, what's the Mismatch word? Mismatch. Clown posse. Yeah, mismatch of every proportion. Clown posse, if you will. He's going to get fired. Seth alluded to it earlier. He is all but gone. And that, he deserves another shot somewhere. He went, 30, he went 37 and 5 with the, with the Warriors. Now, that's not to say that most coaches couldn't do that because they probably could with that all star talent. But he was given a raw deal. He'll be fired in two weeks. And hopefully, he gets another shot. Okay. Next week, we'll talk about the finals, the NCAA finals, as we will be on Monday right before the game. Uh, for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio. We had a great time coming back. Seth, happy that you are feeling a little bit better, even though you still feel, look, sound like you're hocking up a lot. Okay, one more. Uh, I've got go two of them. 14 days to go Talks for later. Kamins. We'll talk to you later, everybody. Bye-bye.